This week on Quick Save the Podcast, PlayStation has revealed the PS5 and some surprising titles that have us excited for next gen. Hello and welcome to the one and only Quick Save the Podcast. I'm Mitch, your host as always, and joining me is the hunter who's still a hunter even within the dream, Callum. Greetings. Which uh, didn't actually get announced. Unfortunately not. Unfortunately so not. we just watched the PS5 gameplay reveal. And uh, Callum, let's go 1 to 10. How hyped are you after watch- watching that? I would say pretty damn high. I would probably say a 9. I would say a 9. A nine? Pretty up there, 9. yeah. 9.5. Yeah. <laughs> so this episode, we're mainly going to be talking about PlayStation 5 reveal event because... It is the biggest news that we've had for a while. Mm. Yeah, I want to talk about the overall impressions of the entire showcase before we start delving into it, because there's a lot to kind of unpack here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, so I think it was a very good show Mm. that was really necessary in kind of showing you what next gen should be. Mm. Whether like we watched the Xbox event, we did a reaction, we didn't release it. Because it was just so underwhelming. It was. Entirely. Like, there was nothing there that I would say stood out. But Sony has come along with their PlayStation event and really done it how it should be done. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, I, I think I even thought it was interesting how just the way they phrase it right at the start, how, like, there was a very brief kind of thing as you usually get with, like, the lead of Sony. And then he kind of just said, we want to let the game speak for themselves. And I thought that kind of set, like, a really good tone for the show because he was saying straight away that he wanted the games to kind of do the talking and, like, what what this next generation is going to be about. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think I think it was a really good showcase. There was a couple of surprises we'll talk about. There were things that we kind of expected but got to see more of. Um, and just a lot of games, like a lot of stuff that was actually running on the PS5. And it was, yeah, I think overall really impressive show. Yeah, they kept it running really quite neatly. I think Basically. it was like a perfect pace and better than what their E3s have previously been. Well, it's been like way too long for so little. But I think it's kind of showcasing what we were saying in our last episode. When mm-hmm. we were talking about can Summer Games Fest and digital events place E3 as like the press conferences. And this is starting to tell me, yes, they can. Like this, yeah, I agree. Like it sets a really good precedent because I think that that's actually a good point is that it actually, it just felt the perfect length as well. Like it was also, it wasn't like a bloated presentation. Like there weren't things that you, maybe there are a couple of things, but there, there wasn't like many things that you could identify as not kind of adding to the experience and everything kind of had its moment and just flowed really well. So it was, I think it was, it was a very like polished presentation. It was pretty much as long as it needed to be. I think what was funny though, was how they were teasing the console. For the, the entire, entire thing, thing. yeah. It's like, it's coming, it's coming. And then when they showed it, what was your kind of initial feeling? Because we have never seen a console look like that. Yeah, I was, I was really, I was, yeah, really, my first um, sort of reaction was just surprise because I was just, it was really striking. But I, I, I think we'll go more into detail in terms of like our impressions, but I, I thought it was really cool. And it, it was just, yeah, a real surprise. Yeah. And like looking at it right now, there's like pictures of it in black and stuff. But I think the white really makes it stand out as like, I don't know how it's going to sit flat, but I bet it's going to be like that showcase thing where you're like, check out the PlayStation 5. Whether I do like the design of the Xbox Series X, it's more practical, but it's not like this 
artwork in your house like the ps4 yeah exactly this this to me is more of a like a statement like this is like a real kind of like striking design that they've yeah. they've done like almost designed to look very kind of futuristic and sort of like next gen yeah yeah it does look like next generation but it looks like high end so it does yeah it puts into question the price but which they're not announcing yet because they got to play the game with microsoft but there is a digital edition which i did not anticipate from sony who seem to be the ones like focusing on what was working. Then again, the PS4 Pro launched first, so yeah, I think it's it's definitely a more sleeker look. I like it without the little disc tray of the disc add-on. Yeah, definitely. I, I think visually it looks better without the disc tray. Like probably my own preference would be probably to get the disc tray just to have the option of having physical games. But I think it's a it's a cool idea to launch at the same time. I think it's yeah, very neat. Yeah, and it's sort of setting the standard of whether digital. Like, I reckon this gen digital will become, like, just square the main way to buy a game. Yeah. And, like, I wonder how this applies to, like, collector's editions. Because if I get that discless one and I order a collector's edition, I don't get a code. That was a big thing I was thinking that that's probably going to be the one thing. Like, if you, like, there's always going to be a place for those kind of expensive collector's edition. And it's like, as you say, like, will you then get, still be able to do that on the discless version or how will they sort of work around that? So that, that'll be interesting to see. Like these editions are kind of niche, so they yeah. not. Or it comes yeah. with a download key. Either way, I think it's a good idea to do both. Xbox will probably do the same thing, I imagine, with the rumors. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly, as you said, it, it's cementing that idea that, like, we're now moving into, like, kind of the digital space. Like, that. that's kind of where most people are purchasing their games from nowadays. Um, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly been going that way for a few years. I, I suppose it's a developer without having to rely on disk speed for a turning disk. And yeah. The, and the game we'll talk about first kind of takes advantage of the SSD, which is what they're toting as the big thing. Does having part of that game on the disk matter? I don't know if it does actually when thinking about it because disks these days are more installers. Mm. They install the data and then that's like the authentication key. Play the game. And uh, like I was thinking of like that as a point and then kind of when I was thinking of it kind of, Disassemble went probably not a problem. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do wonder from a, whether there's any sort of like technical reason for that, and I also wonder if it'll launch because we didn't get any word on pricing and stuff. If they'll launch at identical prices or if it'll be different, it'll be interesting to see. You always want to launch the one that has some kind of compromise, I guess, for lower mm. price. But really, a disc drive, get a portable USB one is like twenty bucks. Yeah, and to see how mm. it kind of curved into that design, it looks like. There will be some price differential based on the overall design. Mm. I think the more popular one will be the disc-based one. Yeah. So if you really want to pre-order it, probably go for the digital one because there might be more of that available. Mm. So that depends on cost. So enough about talking about the console. Enough from me, basically, what the uh, CEO of Sony PlayStation, I didn't have the Sony CEO there, had said. So I want to talk about the important thing about next gen, and that is the games. So I want to jump into talking about our surprises and, man, were there some surprises. And uh, if you want to see how we reacted to those surprises, check out the videos that would have come out before this on the channel. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is the one that I was very excited and happy to see because it's Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. And this is one of those games that back in the PS2 era were like, they were the shit. Like everyone knew Ratchet & Clank. They yeah. were the mascots. Everything we saw of it was kind of this good showcase of what I was saying about the SSDs, uh, where they were saying how they can eradicate load times 
and you can see that through the it's called rift apart because there are rifts mm. and it's the load time between them seems very little like it doesn't seem to matter that much and take that much time to go from one entire space to a new one which is something i don't know if games could currently do that it was really cool to to see that because it was yeah it was literally things that sort of ordinarily would probably take like loading screens or like other kind of technical things like it was very it was a really kind of seamless transition um and it was it was actually a good game to from a technical point of view to it to yeah to showcase kind of what it's capable of um which you wouldn't necessarily think of ratchet and clank but it it looks it looks visually like really impressive yeah the last game looked like a movie so this one with all the added effects the particle effects like everything scattered over the environment in the gameplay they show off it's sort of like it showcased it better than basically i think every other game they really showed because this is the only one with like a full look at the gameplay ui and then yeah it had sort of extended like i think it was a three or four minute gameplay trailer where you really got to see yeah as you say including the ui and stuff um Mm. and it was yeah it it still obviously retained the kind of really colorful like nice kind of aesthetic of ratchet and clank but it was yeah really it it was a good way to kick off the show so moving on from ratchet and clank there is project athia athia Athia. yeah athia i want to say yeah so it's (laughs) basically reminded me of the agnes philosophy tech demo for final fantasy we watched it earlier just to kind of refresh our memory and there was a bit in there that was like, yeah, possibly. Yeah, and even elements we were saying of the Unreal 5 demo that came out recently as well, yeah. um, just because it, it was very visually striking as well. Um, but yeah, it looked it looked cool. It's from um, basically from a team that spawned out of Final Fantasy XV's development team um, as of 2018. You could feel some of that in what they were showing off. That's yeah. Because the character looked like Noctis at one point. Yeah. And they're climbing it. some cliffs. And I'm like, they didn't. It's called Project Athea. So the question is, what is it? And is it the next Final Fantasy? I think it's it's certainly possible, like, given, like, not only the fact that it spawned from people who worked on 15, but then also the fact that I think they explicitly said it was a working title at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that indicates that they might want to leave it sort of ambiguous and, and kind of cryptic and stuff until they reveal that it's something else. With Final Fantasy, you've got to be careful when you announce it. Yeah, for sure. 15 was supposed to be coming. It was meant to be. Final Fantasy 13 versus, mm. and then it just got delayed, delayed, then turned into 15. So they're more careful now about giving a game the Final Fantasy title and Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's almost, yeah, it, it seems like they're being kind of like cautious and just kind of like sitting on a bit because there was no, I mean, there was kind of gameplay, but it was like fairly sort of conceptual, yeah. For the most part, um. So it's yeah. It, it was. I mean, it looks certainly interesting, and it's and the fact that it could be a Final Fantasy game is 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 really cool. Yeah. So after that, there was an announcement that I had kind of seen. I'd heard about it. It'd been rumored forever, but just upon seeing it, did it really like it? It was just like it happened. So if you're familiar with this channel, it's gonna be a Souls game, and it's Demon Souls. And to see that just appear was so good. I wasn't totally sure entirely. I knew, like, I thought I knew at the start when they make the bell noise. Yeah. And then they kind of tricked me for a bit. And then it came into this open valley with a corpse in the air, which is like, well, that's Demon's Souls. Yeah. From Software isn't involved, as far mm. as we know, because it's developed by Bluepoint, who did Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Which is like, that is the team... 
if you want to remake a game, they're who you go to. Yeah, for sure. I believe they're the same studio that did Uncharted series as well, the Uncharted remasters on so. PS4. Yeah, 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 I think so. Um, but they're, they're certainly, they're very accomplished, aren't they, when it comes to, um, to remasters? Yeah. So yeah. In this cool case, remake. Is that you never really played it. And yeah. So you kinda, I played it late, very late, like a couple of years ago, like maybe a year and a half ago. So it's mm. kind of good that people who are now huge friends of series like you can experience it and we can experience it to its full extent. Yeah, for sure. And and this kind of links to that previous topic, Mitch, we were talking about with like remakes and stuff like this to me is like the perfect game for a remake because it's like you probably know having only played it recently that like certain parts of it just mechanically or even just visually just feel a bit dated. So it, yeah. And given that it's been now over a decade since it launched, like this is like an actually an ideal game to remaster and it has, Absolutely. sorry, to remake. Um, and it has this now huge audience of, of the franchise. Like when I played it, they'd taken out online. Online was gone. Yeah. Now obviously that's coming back. See how that affects world tendencies, which is a really cool part of the game. Mm. That never continued and probably won't ever continue, especially because From Software isn't developing. Yeah, this. that's the thing that really interests me is that, like, given that the reins have been handed over to this other studio, like, how much of the original will it retain, and like, how much will it sort of like change to make it more kind of modern and in line with what we're kind of used to? Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm yeah. so curious how they change stuff because, as I was saying on our Dark Souls episode, was that Demon Souls has some really I'm just going to say f***ed up areas because there are parts in that game that like the value of defilement and the tower of latria didn't come in the trailer by the way that were just awful so I'm wondering if this is like them taking a look at what was a blueprint for a phenomenal series to follow yeah and then utilize some of the stuff that they had learned from looking at Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and Sekiro just to- like what made those games successful yeah yeah and see how much they change it's a precarious road to travel down because there is mm. this kind of mix of like, do you just want the same game again or do you want them to take it in a new direction? thing I would consider like a really good idea that would make everyone happy is if you gave them an up original version and their own version. Yeah. Shitload of development time. They won't have done that. But at least put Demon Souls, the original, on it somehow. Yeah. And, th- and that's, yeah, that that's kind of the question that we'll kind of have to wait to see. Because, I mean, for the most part, it was pretty much kind of a cinematic trailer. Um, but what they, they did show even from that is in terms of how they've redesigned kind of the visuals of some of the bosses. And it, it looked really impressive. Um, like it was sort of familiar enough. You could tell that it was Souls, but it was kind of its own take as well. Um, it was it was really, yeah, really good trailer. It visually did look different to how From Software have been continuing. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting in itself. To see someone else have another go at translating these this dark and often like dank the game that's like really the colors are washed out yeah to being as bright as showing boletary palace and tower night especially demon souls i feel was was very kind of like washed out and sort yeah, of dark and colors. yeah that was the look of that generation you gotta remember it was Browns yeah 2009 yeah <laughs> So, yeah, they showed the Dragon God boss, which is probably a boss I would love for them to completely scrap and redo. Because it's like one you have, it sort of reminds me of the Bed of Chaos in that you can kind of do it in by parts and you can die and then it's like this part's active. Mm. Sort of part of it. So, yeah, that was a big surprise for me to see that. Yeah. And, I mean, even though there were rumors and Bluepoint had been teasing it, it's good to see it actually visually shown off. 
Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it, it was so interesting seeing it preface with what Yoshida was saying. Like, it was like he was like making amends for this mistake he'd made years ago. And it's like, to an extent, it was probably understandable because it seemed like this really kind of obscure game that he wasn't sure there was going to be a market yeah. for. But it's it's now turned into this like amazing, successful franchise. So it's, yeah, good to see it's coming back. Yeah, look, when they showed off Demon's Souls, it was a bit rough. And it's still a bit rough now. And you're just like, you can kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And, like, I think, I don't think it's exactly the worst thing because, regardless of what Shuhei Yoshida did or decided to do, it meant nothing in the long run. Yeah. They still succeeded, just not under Sony. That's unfair because they have succeeded with Sony as well mm. with a game called Bloodborne, which was not here. And had rumors of it did, yeah, and that that would have been quite the announcement if they if they had a Bloodborne sequel announcement in there too, that would have been yeah. pretty spectacular. But <laughs> yeah, there were rumors of a Bloodborne remaster yeah. coming to PS5 and PC. Platform I wanted on. Yeah, so I want to move on to talking about well, a series now that I really enjoyed playing mm. and the biggest surprise for you. So. What was it, Callum? Yeah, so it was Horizon, as it's known, Horizon Forbidden West, which is the obviously the sequel to 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn. And yeah, it was a, a fairly, I think it was a good move to have it right near the end because now this is turning into one of their kind of new flagship series. And it was, we knew there was a sequel coming, but it was, it was still cool regardless to kind of see um, where it's at and, and what's happening with it. Um, and yeah, it was a fairly kind of like meaty like showcase they showed off. It was about a three or four minute trailer. Um, mainly mm. kind of cinematic, but just kind of showing off the setting and stuff and just various areas in the game. Um, and I, I think you'll probably say the same, Mitch, but the thing that stood out to me the most is just the scale of it. Like, it's just, to me, this is now just another step up. Like, just... The scale of it looks phenomenal. It does. From like, an underwater, like, well, like, coastal area with underwater, which expands it already, but then you've got ice, you've got deserts, you've got, yeah. like, jungles. Like, the original had all of these. But this one looks like they're not even in the same area. Like, yeah. They look like they're so massive on their own that they're their own thing. And that is showing you what Next Gen is capable of in the best way. Because apparently in the original, they wanted flying mounts. But they right. just couldn't technically achieve it. And now I mm. think with the whole SSD thing and all the changes, that you're going, it's going to be so big that you're going to be able to fly around it. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's it's definitely, with how they showed off that trailer, they seem to be kind of teasing that there are going to be kind of new ways to explore. I'm like, for sure we know that you can go underwater because that, that was shown off in the trailer. They really um, made sure you knew that. Yeah, and that looks really cool. Like, it also, it looks as if it's not just kind of a side thing. Like, it looks as if you've actually got kind of full underwater exploration with, like, kind of distinct areas yeah. and stuff, which is very cool. To me, it gave me vibes of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Like, it's... Obviously, that game was going to affect future games coming out. And I think that is definitely the ones that you can see just how much it has an impact. You could even see with it a couple of the shots really with, with like those sort of really big vistas, like looking out to the sort of open plains and stuff. It was very Breath of the Wild, yeah. Showing you, this is what you can explore in the game. Mm. I don't know how accurate it will be to the final product. Yeah. And it doesn't have a release date. So I'm thinking this will be a couple more, maybe a year or two. I think this will, yeah, yeah, this could, I mean, it could be a way off, I think, given just probably the ambition, like the the size of this game. But I think it's the sort of game where it's like, it's just a matter of just waiting for it. Because I think me personally, I have a lot of confidence that they're going to, you know, have a really worthy sequel. Um, So it's just a matter of, you know, just giving them the time to do that. Probably one of the more underrated PS4 games. Now, a lot of people have said, like, it's a bit generic. And like, if you've played enough of that game to get where it clearly isn't, 
It is nothing predictable, and it was such a good first go from yeah, a studio absolutely. who made first-person shooters. That's what impressed me the most about that game is that it was their first attempt at doing an open world game and one of that kind of that size. Like it, it wasn't like, you know, Witcher 3 size or like these sort of games, but it was still, a, you know, a pretty ambitious open world that was at this kind of amazing world they created. So it was, um, I'm really excited to see where they go from here for sure. I think it's, yeah, it's going to be one of their big, um, big sellers. And it's going to look so good. Once they add yeah. ray tracing and all sorts of stuff, it's going to, because I don't think any of these showed off ray tracing as part of the game yeah so it must still be being worked on and horizon was already a stunning looking game on ps4 like even in 2017 yeah, very and impressive it's sort of funny because now they've hyped that up with the original coming out on pc in maybe a month or so yeah which, will, which i'm excited to play through again so yeah i didn't think we really didn't say that it was set in north america because you can clearly see the golden gate bridge yeah and so mm. good place to set obviously horizon's biomes and all that don't match earth yeah because of story purposes kind of moving on to something we didn't expect i mean we mm. expected it but we didn't expect it to be this this soon, soon. yeah because it's marvel <laughs> spider-man miles morales which is an exciting like i'm so excited for this game because the original was so good i'm unsurprised that it came out so quickly yeah because like when you think about it where's spider-man set always it's new york yeah which was obviously going to be used again, but it's in the snow. And for someone who visited New York only last year, I'm so excited to go in there in the game. Yeah, and just for like sure. see what I recognise from being there because, like, as far as cities go, like, there's it's unrivaled. Yeah, there's no city like that, and I absolutely loved my time there. So. And that's the thing, like, it's always, it's a setting that's just always interesting, you know what I mean? It's timeless. Like, if, if you set it, especially for Spider-Man, that's so, like, identified with that setting as well. And, yeah, like, it's the, the thing probably, it is kind of surprising, like, it's because the original Spider-Man was 2018, wasn't it, by Insomniac? Like, the one yeah. a couple of years back. Um, so, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's a quick, really quick turnaround. And, you know, they're still, they're making Ratchet and Clank as well, so. Yeah. These are a studio that was recently acquired because it's Insomniac. And I think they're using a character who has only gone from strength to strength mm. because Miles Morales is a very interesting character. If you've watched Spider-Verse or played the original of this game, you know, he's a great character. Yeah. And here's some interesting mechanics that Spider-Man can't do. Like he is electric web and can go invisible. So there's a lot there to work with with that character for sure like it's like it just seems like a, a natural fit given like how well into the spider-verse did and like miles morales kind of becoming a more sort of um established character now as well um so it's really it's really cool to see just another take on spider-man as well i think it should be a really good game a launch title yeah it's a very strong launch title. marvel spider-man yeah that is Probably, if you want to think of smart moves, that is probably one of the smartest moves you can make for selling yeah. a console at launch. Like, given how well um, Spider-Man 2018 sold as well. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah, it sold phenomenally. So, to get that out so quick is quite interesting. I'm curious to see what how different it is. See how the snow affects kind of how things take place. And I was like, when I first saw that, I'm like, are they adding weather as like a thing? So, it'd be like... Going through the weather. Like, you know how Red Dead Redemption did it? Yeah. It's just like chapter one is like... That whole like opening sequence, yeah. If you're going to be kind of like deciding whether or not to buy a PS5, I think Spider-Man is an important part in that. Decision. Yeah. And it'll definitely get people to buy it, like, no doubt about it. Spider-Man yeah. is Marvel's biggest character, like, historically. 
It's a re- yeah, for sure. It's it's a really big draw, and also given like it's just so now associated with the platform as well. Like it's yeah, I think it's a really good move to have that as a launch title. Yeah, so I want to touch on the final part of this whole presentation. So I'm talking about our favorite indie of the show. I think it's indie, which is Kena or Kena. Yeah, I'm not sure on the pronunciation. Yeah, I think Kena sounds better to the character who's in it. Yeah. Bridge of Spirits, which to me sounds like an Ori game, like it Ori does. and the Bridge of Spirits. It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like an Ori like, title. Yeah, it's made by Ember Lab, which is their debut game. Yeah, their debut mm. game from two brothers who have worked in animation in the proper movie space. So that kind of makes it clear when they show off what it looks like. Yeah, and it looks like a Pixar movie in action, like the game. It looks like basically what Ratchet and Clank looked like when it came out. Yeah, it looked like a movie. This one looks even more like just an animated feature movie. It does, yeah. And it's very, um, it was, yeah, really striking, like just the, the presentation. Like it kind of took elements of like, you could almost see it as like kind of an Ori game or like kind of like games like this. Like it just had a really distinctive art Studio style. Ghibli. You could see all these inspirations that made it look really incredible. Reminded me a bit of Rare's cameo, a bit. Obviously a mm. bit different. And cameo was quite average. So I'm really hoping this game is more than that. The little critters they kept showing off are real cute. Yeah. They use them to solve puzzles. And it's like a dark story. The combat even looks fun. The combat looks pretty kind of dynamic. Hey, like it's, yeah, there's sort of, it looks like there's a mixture of like kind of range. Like there was like bows and stuff shown off and then like melee and magic and stuff. It's, yeah, it, it looks pretty dynamic and, and cool. Yeah. Um, and considering it's, you know, it looks like their debut effort. It's, it looks like an impressive game. Yeah. It's a timed exclusive. Yeah. So, because we found out when Googling it, it is on the Epic Game Store. So, whenever that's out. So, it seems like they've got to deal with them. But yeah, it just looks stunning. Absolutely stunning. It really does. And, and we were saying before that it's like, it seems to be part of this concerted push to kind of like really showcase indie games as well, which is kind of been more of a Microsoft thing in recent years with like idea Xbox and stuff like that. But yeah. I really liked in this that they could have very easily just leaned towards their big AAA games and exclusive, but they showed showcase a lot of indie games, which I thought was yeah. cool. Indie games are very important yeah. to like That's showing you yeah. the expanded scope of the games you have on your system. And they all like indie developers are the ones who take the risks and do something more interesting with AAA use the tech they have to do something. things that are already like establishing kind of yeah safe yeah. well it's unfair yeah. to say none of them take risks yeah, yeah. there yeah, are indie risks. games yeah. jump away from the traditional what sells well yeah. and like the sony staple is third person action but when you talk about sony there is like this safeness to their games but clearly it works and some and their games are still great for it so moving on to bug snacks which has the best theme song very catchy yeah very catchy about <laughs> These bugs that are also snacks in the shape of food. There's like a sub snake and like all sorts of other. And it's by developers of like Octodad. So it's not surprising that it's kind of zany. very like, yeah, zany over the top sort of obscure. Yeah. yeah little strawberry freedoms. <laughs> but it definitely has its, or like that, that game actually, like considering it was this weird kind of indie game, like it actually ended up having a pretty big audience. Um, it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. So I'm sure this, yeah, like this game will follow in that tradition, I'm sure. Yeah, it looks, I'm going to say the words are more serious attempt, despite it being absolutely bonkers, like strawberry bugs and cheeseburger bugs. It's very out there. It's very Very out out there. there. But you know what's also out there? Ending the podcast right now. Thank you so very much for joining us. I've been Mitch and joining me once more has been Callum. No worries. If you enjoyed the show, please share it to your friends and make sure to follow or subscribe on your podcast service of choice. So you'll be ready for more episodes of the podcast. 
Hope we'll see you again as there's always a podcast to destroy. Safe. Safe. <laughs>